Hello, everyone. Please welcome back to Ruby's Review the Movie with me, Maria, and Lindsay. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> we realized how his roommates we now review movies. Um, and we like the movies the other have not yet seen. So this week, Lindsay's turn to see something she didn't see when she was younger. And I chose for her The Little Mermaid, 1989 Disney classic. Yeah. Now, I was really, I saw this in the theater when it came out. So I was really into Little Mermaid as a kid. Like, um, I had the little toys you got from like McDonald's. And then I had, uh, for my birthday, my parents like did my room up with Little Mermaid stuff. So I had the bed sheets and curtains and towels and stuff and a little outfit. Uh, everything but the doll, which is what, <laughs> what I majorly wanted. But I was very into Little Mermaid. They even copied the VHS tape so they didn't have to rent it anymore <laughs> until they were finally able to get the actual VHS. So what was your experience with Little Mermaid, Lindsay? mom wasn't that type of mom to take us to go see um, kid movies. We had to go see movies that were above our age. <laughs> so, when The Little Mermaid came out, like, all the friends saw it or whatever, but I didn't even ask my mom if I could go see it. So Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I think I recently brought that up to my mom. And she was just like, yeah, I wouldn't take you out to see nothing like that. <laughs> so, yeah. She was paying for the ticket. She said she needs to enjoy it, too. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. Um, I do know that there was quite a few songs that I already knew that were in the movie. So, that was pretty cool. Um. And then I kind of, like, knew, like, the gist of the story. But, yeah, actually seeing it, I hadn't done that. So, it was quite an experience. Unfortunately, I'm looking at it with an adult mindset. Mm -hmm. So, I'm thinking way deeper than probably I should have. But it was enjoyable. You just kind of go along for the ride, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so. But. I did enjoy the ride. I'm not gonna say that I didn't. Yeah, there was a lot of stuff like if somebody wanted to really do a deep dive into the problematic things <laughs> that the little oh, mermaid was doing, I'm sure <laughs> they can have a lot of material. So Oh yeah. And there are lots of videos on YouTube about, you know, the issues with Little Mermaid and various different princesses. Yeah. So you're not alone with that. But for anybody who isn't familiar with The Little Mermaid, Disney's version of The Little Mermaid, uh, it's about Ariel, who is a 16-year-old mermaid princess who is obsessed with the human world. She collects all kinds of knickknacks that fall in the ocean uh, for her own little collection. She's always trying to find out what they are. She's just kind of fascinated with the idea of the human world and what's in it. Uh, and it gets to the point where her father is really upset with her about this, you know, because humans are very dangerous, which is true, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, he just 
Tsuma destroys all of her things, right? And uh, she's she's also met this guy, Prince Eric, saved him from a shipwreck. So now she's like in love with him because she's 16. And uh, mm-hmm. she's got to get to meet him. So she makes this deal with the Sea Witch Ursula, legendary Ursula, based on the, uh, the drag queen Divine from the John Waters film. Um, yeah, she's got the like one of the most singing villain songs, Poor Unfortunate Souls, total classic. Uh-huh. Uh, she, so Ariel signs this contract with Ursula. You know, she'll be human for three days. Um, she has to get Eric to kiss her a kiss of true love before the end of the third day, or she'll turn back into a human. And she has to do all of this without having her voice. Which, yeah. Yeah. That was that was a cool little twist. Yeah. Yeah. So um Yeah. And of course <laughs> because it's a Disney film, it all works out, right? Right, right, right. It all works out in the end. Um Yeah, I was like, huh, I wonder how she's gonna do that because that's pretty much how she moved unbeknownst to her, you know. Right. After she saved uh Prince Eric from the shipwreck, she cleaned to him. And that's the last thing he remembers of her, of his, him waking up and hearing her singing. Mm. And he's just like on the search for this woman with this voice, you know. When Ariel shows up uh, mute with legs, and he's about to give up on his dream of searching for this, you know, siren maiden person, uh, when he hears what he doesn't know is Ursula with Ariel's voice singing on the beach. Mm-hmm. So. Ursula has her spies of these eels who, like, you know, she can see through their eyes and stuff. They're keeping track of Ariel and Eric, making sure they don't kiss, because that's the whole thing, right? Right. And um, so she sees them getting too close. She decides she's going to take matters into her own hands, you know, transforms her herself and uses Ariel's voice and magic to basically hypnotize Prince Eric into marrying her instead. Because Ariel's entire goal is to become the ruler of the sea. Not Ariel, I'm sorry. Ursula's entire goal is to become the ruler of the sea through having Ariel captive. Mm-hmm. She'll be able to make a deal with Ariel's father, Triton, for his Triton, and become ruler of the sea. But it doesn't work out for her. Prince Eric, this is one of the few villains where you actually see them, like, be killed. A lot of times in Disney, the villains just kind of fall to their death, and you don't really see it. But this was definitely one of those ones where you actually see her. She gets stabbed with a ship, like, you know, and falls to the depths of the ocean. Um, but that's rare for a Disney film that you see the actual death of the villain. I wonder why they chose to go that route. To show her death on screen? Yeah. Well, I mean, you can't really fall from a depth into the ocean, you know? If they're going to have their big battle in the seas, like, you, you can't have that dramatic fall. It doesn't really work that way. Yeah, right, because you're already dead. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah, because you wonder, like, what other way could that have happened? I guess, like, it really isn't no other way. Yeah, there's not a lot of, you know, they can't, they can't be their own reliable, so they have to do something else. 
Um, but the music, of course, is done by the legendary Alan Menken, a very iconic soundtrack. Like Lindsay was saying, even though you didn't see the movie, you were like, oh, I actually know this song. Yeah. So, which is pretty great. Um, but yeah, I was obsessed with this movie as a kid, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I can see why, because, you know, the visuals, especially for back then, they were very vibrant and colorful. And then, I don't know a kid that doesn't love the water. Yeah. Excuse me. Yeah, so it was heavy. I mean, of course, because we're talking about mermaids, it was heavy on that. So um, I can definitely see the appeal. And you're talking about two attractive people getting together mm-hmm. as well. So I can definitely see the appeal that it gave. Um, yeah, and you have that theme of parents just don't understand, you know, kind of mm-hmm. thing. So, yeah, uh, every a lot of kids can relate to that as well. Right, right. So, um, yeah, even at even in real life ages, when you want something and your parent tells you no, like your yeah. parent just don't understand why I want this, even though you pleaded your case, they just do not understand why I want this. You know, so. All they say is no, right? Mm-hmm. And honestly, Triton was kind of scary. Like, yeah, yeah, but he was a softy for his daughter. Yeah, unfortunately, he wouldn't just like actually talk to her. Like, he just told no, you know. And uh, you know, all the yelling and then like the destroying of all of her things. And ooh, I was like, I can understand why she might want to away from. Right. Why she would wouldn't mind being uh, hmm. Yeah. Yeah. A little uh staycation above ground, you know, above right. above uh, water. <laughs> right, right. So with <clears throat> I was thinking this when I was watching it, like with her turning into a human, like permanently, does this mean that she can no longer see her family below? So I actually ended up uh, watching for the first time actually last week the sequel and the prequel for The Little Mermaid. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so in the sequel, Ariel has a daughter with Eric and they have uh, basically the beach comes up to the castle. Mm-hmm. So they'll meet like their mermaid family members like who are on the shore basically. Um, but because there's another sea witch who's also, you know, it's actually the sister of Ursula trying to rule the ocean again. They block it off to keep her from the, keep the daughter from the water. Don't tell her anything about it. You know, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but they can go see each other. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, and then with Triton's Triton, he can turn them back into mermaids. Yeah. Okay. So could he have turned Eric into a mermaid? I suppose so, but the thing is, you know, they don't really know about mermaids, right? Mm-hmm. It's Ariel that has this fascination with the human world, and Eric, I don't think he really know anything about the whole mermaid situation, but it's real, you know, it's probably like, just a story that seemed to tell each other, but I don't think they know that there's a real kingdom underneath them. Even after they got 
Oh, yeah, I'm sure. I mean, after they got married, for sure. Because he sees her, like, at, you know, when he's getting married to Vanessa, a.k.a. Ursula, and the sun's going down, you know, and the spell is broken. He sees that she is a mermaid. So they know at that point, for sure. Yeah. But it's Ariel's dream to be human, so. Yeah, why it would have been way easier for her to have a child. Right. Once she understands that forks are not hairbrushes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, what was your biggest takeaway that you remember as a kid? I think as a kid, I just really, I liked, you know, I liked the music. Um, for me, it was really interesting that she had red hair. <laughs> um, just the idea of like being a mermaid and being able to swim because I loved swimming mm-hmm. you know, as a kid, being able to like swim underwater without having to come up for air was really cool. Um, the whole transformation was cool, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, the romance was cute or whatever, but like. It was just kind of the more adventure aspect for me, like, and just the idea of, like, the whole underwater civilization. Yeah, so it was, uh, the romance was secondary. Right. Okay, so she could have been I mean, he's cute. Like, Eric there. is cute or whatever, but I'm, like, eight. I don't care. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. That's why I'm, like, she could have married a merman for all you care. Right. Yeah, so. Okay. So that's cool. Um. So watching it as an adult, was there anything that you caught as an adult that you didn't catch? Oh as a kid? yeah, for sure. I've had you know I've had I've had a lot of time to like think about that kind of thing, and I'm just um, I really think about the scene where Ariel goes to visit Ursula, mm-hmm. and Ursula is telling her, you know, you'll have your looks, your pretty face. Don't forget body language. You know, the middle they don't really care for conversation. You know. I'm like, how does she know this? <laughs> like, how does she know this? Yeah. You know? Right, right. Um, so I think that's really interesting. She's selling her this idea of, you know, being silent is actually better for you. Uh, right. Because they're not really interested in who you actually are. <laughs> I was like, what happened to you, Ursula? Like, what, what did you go through? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was, a, that was a big takeaway for me. Um, the Ursula character. I don't know if you can tell by my tweets, I was a little upset because I was yeah. just like, okay, who hurt you? <laughs> like, <laughs> well, um, I had heard um, that they did have a story for her where she had been like an advisor to Triton and then got kicked out for some reason or that she was even related to Triton as well and was kicked out for some reason. But I even in the prequel, she's hell. not there. It's like a totally different character. Yeah. Yeah, but I can see why. Oh, wait. The prequel, she's not there. Okay. Mm-hmm. But see, I picked up on something totally different. I picked up on, okay, maybe, because one of my questions was, how does Triton have all these kids around the same age and no mom is there? I was like, okay. Well, in the prequel, he does have a wife, queen, you know, of the ocean, and they're like the best of friends. She is the mother to all of his children. I figure it's some kind of like, 
beaver situation where all the eggs are fertilized <laughs> or something, you know? That's so like, because they all are like the same age, yeah. pretty much. Yeah. Uh, I think there may be like a one or two year difference, but it seems like most of them are the same age. Yeah, yeah, that's what I picked up on because I was just like, are these like the Irish beaver situation? <laughs> like, does he have a whole bunch of baby mamas? Like, no. <laughs> what is going on here? Like, and then I even was like, is <laughs> Ursula a baby mama? Like, no. <laughs> I'm just, I don't understand why she, she has it out for him. And just was like, you know what? I'm taking over everything. You know, Yeah, there was back. some kind of political or familial drama that, you know, for whatever reason isn't brought up in the prequels, but yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what that's about. She had been, she had been banished for something. Yeah, I would love. Like she was in this cave on the outskirts and she's so, you know, desperate to get back in. Okay. Yeah, one thing I did say, um, because what we're doing now is we're live tweeting when we watch the show, especially like if one of us hasn't seen it at all. And um, so it was my turn to live tweet. (laughs) And another thing that I was like, um, Ursula needs her own origin story. I totally agree. Yeah. Like a Cruella Deville type origin story, you know. Now we are getting a live action Little Mermaid uh, sometime later this year. Yeah, that's what. Uh, um, what's her name? One of the Baileys. Hallie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hallie. Yeah. Yeah. Hallie so. will be playing Ariel, and um, so that would be interesting to see if they add because they typically do with the live action. Mm-hmm. They add a little more than there was in the animated version. Okay. So, so they did I, that for a lot with Beauty and the Beast. Okay. So I wonder with the live action, because we all know Haley's black. So is this gonna be a black cast or are we just gonna act like race doesn't matter? Uh it's not gonna be an all black cast. Okay. Um I know uh Prince Eric is white, so for okay. one, right. Um, but let's see. Because, like, the live action cast, all I really know is Holly and, like, the guy who's been, like, uh, cast for Prince Eric. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but it'll be interesting to see here. Uh, let's see. Yes, yeah, so we have Holly Berry as Ariel. Uh, Melissa McCarthy is going to be Ursula. Javier Bardem is going to be King Triton. Javier Bardem, oh, he's a pretty well-known actor. He was in um, uh, quite a few things, my goodness. Let's see, what was he in recently? Um, oh, he was in Dune recently, yeah. He was also in um, the uh, Lucille Ball movie on Prime. Okay. He plays Desi in that one as well. Oh, okay. So her okay. dad is going to be Hispanic? Yes. Javier Bardem, I believe, yeah, he's from Spain, so yeah. So he's going to be her dad, so it's giving me, like, um, you know, Cinderella from 1997. Yeah. And the thing about it, uh, you were asking about her mom, Ariel's mom. Mm -hmm. In the prequel, she is killed by a pirate ship that crashes on the rocks where they're, like, chilling. So that's one reason... 
why you know her father is so anti anti humans. Okay, that makes sense. That mm-hmm. makes sense. Yeah, but see, you wouldn't know that unless you saw the prequel. Exactly. Yeah. I, I I remember kind of thinking like that might have been a thing because he's so aggressive with Ariel about this whole situation. Yeah, but they like look like, men don't do if a girl got a mom, let alone no. what happened to her they're gonna have uh David Diggs as Sebastian. Okay. Aquafina as Subtle. You know, so we're doing a lot of uh different races and ethnicities here, which I think is pretty cool. Okay, so I'm glad you brought up Sebastian. Cause one thing that I did tweet about with Sebastian, I was just like, you know, people consider crab as bottom feeders and we're going to make him Jamaican? Do they consider crabs bottom feeders? Some people do. I did. I don't. But I've never heard that before. Yeah, I, I just heard that recently. Mm-hmm. I heard shrimp and crab is considered bottom feeders. I've never heard that before. Now, I heard shrimp was like considered the roaches <laughs> of seafood. But I tend, <laughs> what? Yeah, I, I heard that before, but I tend to not think about that some, when I eat shrimp. Right, give me some coconut and sea roaches there. Okay. <laughs> so, but yeah, now I but recently I heard that about crab. Um, oh, I hadn't heard that about crab before, but yeah, yeah, because it it had something to do with um. You know how they used to give us the uh the scraps in slavery? Mm-hmm. And and I had heard that about lobster, but not about crab. Mm. See, I never heard that about lobster. Lobster used lobster to be higher, a food for poor people. Wow. And you know, honestly, I I'm not a big fan of lobster. Yeah. I guess you gotta cook it right and mm-hmm. it's genuinely not cooked right. Because it has such a rubbery taste to it that I'm just like, I don't understand why people like this. But yeah, yeah, that's what I heard about shrimp and crab. That it was it was food that they just threw to us and we made it do what it do. Which I can see why black people love it so much. Because yeah. I mean that that's the same thing with chitlins and we love chitlins, so well, we make chitlins, we eat chitlins. I don't know how many of us actually love chitlins. <laughs> what? You love chitlins? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll eat them once a year with like some hot sauce and mustard, but I'm never like wearing you know, chitlins. I don't eat it with hot sauce and mustard. No, I, you eat it plain? No, no, I won't eat it plain. <laughs> okay. I eat it with ketchup. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, you know, back, back when I was a kid, I didn't eat um, hot sauce. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. so, yeah, everything had ketchup on it back then, so I still eat Yeah, for me, it was just mustard for me, and then I eventually added hot sauce. Yeah, yeah. And even, even, the, even the people that eat chitlins look at me crazy when I say ketchup. I've never, yeah, I've never seen that, though, so, but yeah. it's definitely new. Yeah. Okay. Um, so. um, I had not heard that about crabs, but 
Sebastian's one of the most important characters in the whole show. Right, right. Like, He's like the donkey inspector. He's not the donkey. <laughs> He's not the donkey. I, I mean, that's that's what brought that's what um brought to my mind when I saw really? Sebastian and saw how he moved. I was like, he's basically the donkey inspector. Well, Sebastian is the uh, advisor to the king, and like he's he gets assigned. He's also like the royal composer, uh, which is the whole thing in the prequel. Because uh, after the mother is killed, because Triton gave her this really beautiful music box. Right, mm-hmm. and that's what they were listening to when she got killed. Uh, so he like bans all music in the kingdom. Mm. Yep. And Ariel and Sebastian are the ones who help him to uh, try to move on and like and learn to enjoy music again. Um, which kind of which kind of makes it even all the worse when Ariel misses that concert in The Little Mermaid. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, oh, you're the one who bought all the music back and you forgot the concert was happening right, now. Right. <laughs> um, but Sebastian, like, runs, uh, is, like, performing in this underground nightclub, basically, where all the sea life listen to music, life performances and stuff, like dance. Yeah. So, he's a pretty important guy. And he's uh, definitely, I think, smarter than Donkey, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, but you have to have an animal sidekick and a fairy tale. Yeah, that's the way it yeah. goes, especially right. if you're going to be a princess. Right, right. That's yeah, true. and he that's definitely cool. has like some of the most memorable songs from the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Under, Under the, the Sea, sea mm-hmm. a banger. Nobody can deny. Like right. it's still classic. That's one of the songs. And then know. also, Kiss the Girl. So it actually ended up uh, winning awards, like for the music, like for best original score. I can see that. Mm-hmm. I can see that because it it really it really is um it really is catchy and will stay in your especially that under the sea. Mm-hmm. I think like one of them cruise lines was using that song. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. They, they use the music from that song for one of the cruise lines. Uh, Disney has cruises themselves too. Right. Like, we go on a Disney cruise. Um, there's actually. A song in Encanto that like borrows some of the music from Under the Sea for a few bars as well. Because mm-hmm. um, I remember hearing it and thinking, wait a minute, this is Under the Sea. And how right. long had it been since I heard that song? Forever. Yeah. Right, right, right. But so. it sticks with you. Yeah. Um, yeah. They won for Best Original Score, Academy Awards for Best Original Score, and Best Original Song. Um, Kiss the Girl was nominated but lost to Under the Sea. So. <laughs> Right. Um, it was also nominated for Best Picture, Comedy Musical, and Best Original Song. And they actually won a Grammy in 1991 uh, specifically for like uh, Best Written Song for Under the Sea. Okay. Yeah. I, can, I can definitely see that. I can definitely see that. Yeah, because it, it, was, it was a pretty infectious song. <laughs> yeah. So. Um. I don't know if you remember, but uh, a few years ago, there was like uh, this kind of live, half live, half animated stage version that they uh, put on TV uh, with Shaggy as Sebastian and Queen Latifah as Ursula. I do remember that. Yeah. So I watched that one as well. It was really interesting how they, 
it was interesting how they integrated so many things to like kind of to try and make it work. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you had the actors, you had uh, you know people who were dancers, you had puppets, you had like uh, things in the audience, like the audience had certain little pops they were using as well. Mm-hmm. Um, things hanging from the ceiling, and then they also had this large screen in the background that had animated parts. Okay. So these would all work together and like to do particular scenes. However, of course, you can't, there are a lot of, like, scenes in the movie that wouldn't translate really well to stage, so they would just show the movie part for that part. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only thing about it was, like, the last 30 minutes or so were almost all movie, and it was just kind of like, eh, I, yeah, I've seen that, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I came for the live integrated version part. Right, right, right. Um, yeah, I can see why, yeah. like, the water scene was probably different. Probably the first two rows in the theater would be wet and weird. Right. I wondered about that. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> but they did not use actual water too much, so. Okay. That was my problem. <laughs> okay. So. But it, it, it was interesting to see how they have all these things play together to create, recreate these things. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, it's just kind of okay, you know. And it's so difficult when you're doing a live performance to make sure people's voices are right and things like that, you know. Um, but it was interesting to see. I, I I did enjoy seeing Amber Riley on there. Mm-hmm. Um, she was a whole newly created character for that for that performance. Okay. Which I don't blame them. If I could have Amber Riley singing my thing, and then I'm gonna, I'm gonna do whatever it takes. <laughs> right. Like she said, yes. Okay, we about to write her in. Like. <laughs> right. Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um. Yeah, yeah. So that I was kind of um, I was kind of thrown off with that part because I was just like, "Why is he Jamaican? Why?" Oh, and he why is he the Jamaican? Only one. I, yeah. I mean, this is supposed to be happening in uh, it's it's the Danish version. <laughs> so it's, okay. it's I, was I was wondering where they're at, what year it is. Cause I, I was just like, okay, what what century are we in? Yeah. Oh man, that's a good question. Yeah. Um. Yeah, yeah. that was that um, was a takeaway for me because I was just I like I got I got to put myself in somebody's century. So where? <laughs> where where are we in where time? Are we? Right. Because right. <laughs> I was pulled up until we got to Prince Eric on the ship and he's getting this this stone of him that was supposed to be a wedding present. I'm like, how a stone of him by himself gonna be a wedding present? Like, you know, Grimsby doesn't really know what Eric wants, like, which is kind of the problem, you know? Right. Because he's like, he's like, I thought you and this other princess were hitting it off, and he's like, no, right. <laughs> you know? Right. Like, and he's just whether this whole statue, hit- and Eric is like, I really like this. Right. <laughs> But whether they was hitting it off or not, like, what does a statue of him by himself got to do with stone? Well, Grimsby, he like, yeah, he doesn't really know what Eric wants, so he's yeah. he just, yeah, he, he didn't know his son at all. That's not his son. That wasn't his son. No, I, I thought that was his son this whole time. Okay, he's like his advisor and like, yeah, his helper or whatever. That's not his son. Oh. Uh-huh. 
we don't know who the king and queen are. We don't ever see them. It's just Prince Eric. Um, but it's supposed to take place during the half part of the 18th century, the first half of the 18th century. The first half of the 18th century. And it's Dutch. Well, yeah, the original story is, yes, that's correct. So, did they have slavery? During the mid 1800s? No, um, in the Dutch in the Dutch part of the country? I know, like, well, Dutch is like Amsterdam, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, did they have slavery over there? Well, probably. I don't know if they had slaves necessarily there, but they were engaged in slavery mm-hmm. uh, from the 1860s on. Okay. So they were they they must have been part of the slave trade. Oh yeah, absolutely yes. Okay. So that could potentially have been a slave boat. Uh, which one? The boat that, uh, that wrecked. Oh, was Prince Eric or the one that killed, uh, little Ariel's mom? No, the one that, um, Prince Eric. Well, no, uh, it's supposed to take place in the first half, so before the 1860s. So, not yet. Before the 18th, (laughs) yeah, before the 1860s, slavery was going on. Of course, but it just depends on when when your country jumped into it. That's what I'm saying. So, they had slavery in the in the Dutch countries after the 1800s. Well, what I'm showing here, let's see. Oh, I'm sorry. They first started to abolish in 1860. So, okay. Uh, so yeah. Let's see. They were involved in the slave trade between 1596 and 1829. Wow. Mm-hmm. A long time. Well, that could have Possibly, maybe, you know. That's interesting. <clears throat> now, although they were usually using their slaves in, their enslaved people in the Caribbean, in like small islands and stuff like that. Yeah. So it wasn't necessarily like America where the enslaved would be brought here and sold here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, it's, that still kind of threw me off that Sebastian was the main character in that story. The only one that we know, yeah. Yeah. I'm like, how did he get from Jamaica? If he is connected, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. He, he had ambitions to be part of the royal crew, I guess, you know? I guess so. I guess so. Yeah. Yeah, I did kind of left with that one, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. But discuss the movie, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um what else? Oh so this was like the start of Disney's resurgence, like they're part of their golden age. Uh-huh. Uh, they've been kind of floundering with their animated stuff before this, and this is one of their first like big hits. So after this you get Aladdin, you get Beauty and the Beast, you get, you know, all those classics. But a Lion King and everything. So this is the one that really kicked all of that off. Right, right. Which you can kind of tell because you, you didn't you didn't really think about what Disney did like in the seventies or in the early eighties right. or nothing like that. So you've got like um, you know, like Rescue Rangers or something, or the Great Mouse Detective, mm-hmm. you know, 
he kind of he kind of I kind of saw those when I was a kid, but not really as much as like these other ones. Yeah, yeah, these um, other these these when we were actual kids that that was during their resurgence. Mm-hmm. It was huge. Yeah, it was huge. Yeah, I cannot even explain to you how big it was. Um, it was big, sitting on the sideline, watching y'all have fun. <laughs> no! <laughs> so, but, um, so, yeah, the budget was like $40 million, and it made $235 million. Oh, yeah. I can definitely see that. I can definitely yeah. see that. Um, I wonder what it would be with today's um, dollar with inflation. Oh goodness! Probably, it's probably still like a half a billion. Yeah, half a billion, you said? Half a million, or yeah, half a billion. Sorry. Oh, it's good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, the dollar hasn't gone down that much. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, because I didn't realize, but um, that's thirty-three years since it came out. Yeah. I didn't realize it came out in 89. I thought it came out in like 90, 91 or something like that. Oh no, it's 89. I can understand why you think 1991. But yeah, 89. Yeah, Yeah, I didn't realize that until I was watching it. I was like, oh my God, it's been 33 years. And it still looks pretty good. It does. Um, It does. It it aged very well. It's pre Pixar. You know, mm-hmm. pre, you know, all that stuff. Even, um, you know, Beauty and the Beast, when they had the whole Be Our Guest scene, was, like, very legendary at the time for the 3D animation it used during that scene. Mm-hmm. And this is before that. Right, right. Yeah. So, um, there was something else. Oh, another thing that I took away from it was Disney as a whole their villains are fly as hell. Yeah, the villains are some of the most fun parts. Yes. They have some of the best songs. Yes. And they look great. Yeah. They're, they, very they're always fly. Like, mm-hmm. I was just like, dang. Because, like, when I was watching it, and I started thinking about their villains, and I was like, hey, I, I can see why people low-key will root for a villain. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I mean, there's a whole Disney villain show. Like, yeah. Yeah, like, I, I get it. And, I mean, I like to root for the underdog and stuff like that. Um, like, to go against the grain. But, they make it easy for you to. Yeah. Like, you're not shunned from your village when you do <laughs> So, I was just like, oh, I would love for Ursula to have a... um. A origin story. Yeah, I'm quite sure that, like, somebody's, on, I think there's been, like, a YouTube series about that. Mm-hmm. Like, people do all kinds of things like that. So, yeah. yeah, I would definitely love to hear more about that. I'm really hoping they include that in the live action. Yeah. Although, I can't lie, I was really hoping they would cast Lizzo as Ursula. Yeah. You know? That's a good one. That's a good yeah. one. For now, it's Melissa McCarthy, who's very funny, so it's probably going to be like a yeah. more comedic thing. You know what I've been watching lately? Is um, Mike and Molly. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Now, I peeked in, when it was on, 
um, CBS. I peeked in every blue moon, mm-hmm. but it's on TV Land now. And sometimes I watch TV Land when I'm asleep. Uh, that sounds weird. <laughs> when I'm going to sleep or whatnot, or yeah. waking up. And uh, it actually is a pretty good show. Like I already liked Melissa McCartney, but I I get it now. Mm-hmm. I definitely yeah. I was a fan now. of hers from uh, Gilmore Girls. Oh, see, I didn't watch. I didn't like the way they talked. A lot of people didn't. I loved it. I loved the sarcasm and everything, like that dry humor. I'd love that. Yeah. Now I'm I'm a, a big sarcastic person. I don't know. It just I. So. You're not the only person I've heard said that, like specifically about the way they talk. They're like, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, that's, that's where I knew her from. Okay. Yes, I ain't even know she was on Gilmore. Mm-hmm. She plays Suki. Uh, she plays Suki. I can't remember her last name right now. But she was the uh, the cook and lead chef for the inn that Lorelai was running. Oh, okay. And, uh, it really stood out to me at the time because, you know, she's this bigger woman. They never comment on her weight. There's never a storyline about her losing or gaining weight. Even when she does lose and gain weight through the show, there's nothing said about it. She just gets to live her life. She gets to be married and, like, all that kind of stuff. Like, just like a regular person. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to be about her weight at all. Yeah. That's dope. Yeah. That's it's dope. Very, very you ever get that. Because that's the whole yeah. thing. Like why I didn't watch Mike and Molly is because it was so much about their weight. Yeah, it was, I was like, Can't they just beat people on TV? Like, yeah. Right, yeah. right. It yeah, because like on the surface it looks like a newer, more um, polished version of Roseanne. Mm-hmm. You know, but um, Roseanne and Dan, like they didn't really harp on their weight. Like we knew they was no. a big couple. And you may have gotten a joke every blue moon about their weight, mm-hmm. but it wasn't about their weight. And right. yeah, yeah, it is kind of a thing on their sh- on the Mike and Molly show, but it's pretty good nonetheless. So, um, yeah, yeah. So that would that would be interesting to see what she does because she's a really good actress. Mm-hmm. You know, so it will be interesting to see what she does with that role. Um, yeah. But Lizzo would have been a good idea as well. Yeah, I would have enjoyed that. If they uh, don't know how much music they're going to keep in it, mm-hmm. I'm sure it's going to be quite a bit, especially considering they have David Diggs in there. Because, mm-hmm. um, you know, he was in Hamilton, he was yeah. in uh, Blackish as well. Yeah. Um, and he also has his own rap group called Clipping, which is really good. I love their stuff. Okay. I didn't know he had his own rap group, but I they are good. Yeah, I do. I sent you that song um, for Scream, uh-huh. the Nev the Nev Campbell song. Uh huh. That's them. That's Clipping. Okay. Okay, I didn't know that was him. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I like him from um, Blind Spot. Oh, I love yeah. that movie. That's one of my yeah. favorite movies. You know I got my... to interview them for that movie. You said what? I got to interview them for that movie when they oh. premiered it at the Atlanta Film Festival. Oh, okay, that's cool. That's cool. But you know, my favorite part was when they were <laughs> when they were talking about that fight that landed him in jail. 
Oh, it's such a, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and then they played Crazy Bone in there. So they had, mm-hmm. they had me as soon as they you had sawed off Leatherface. I was, I was there. I was playing that scene for people and everything. <laughs> we may have to review that one too. Yeah. Yeah. That would be a good one. That would yeah. be a good one because I always wanted to see it, but when I finally saw it, I was just like, this is amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. It's definitely one of the best movies that you're hands down. Yeah. And so this is off, off subject. Sorry. But <laughs> did you watch the show? I have not watched the show yet. I do want to. Okay. I I kind of was turned off um, oh, from really? watching it because I, I haven't watched it either. But I kind of was turned off because I didn't, I don't care about old dude, baby mama. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> and she's not black anymore. It's the same actress. She looks like a totally different person. Same actress. It is? Yeah. Okay. Maybe because she had braids. But I was just like, this ain't the same person. This looks it's like a Hispanic person. person. Absolutely the same person. Okay. <laughs> See, that's that's part of why I got turned off. So I'm like, his baby mama was black in the movie. Mm-hmm. She's still black. She's still there. Okay. But he's not black no more? I mean, he's not white no more? He's still it- white. It's the same character. Okay, so she moved in with his family, but they look Hispanic. I'm so, I was so like, yeah, maybe I need to read the synopsis because I was so thrown off. That's why I was like, I don't know what they're doing, but I'm not here for it. (laughs) It's the same, it's the same, it's the same duo behind the show, too. Yeah, I saw them do an interview. I think they did an interview with Tara Lakes. And, Mm -hmm. um, I saw them talking about it, but I was just like, I'm not watching this. We should give it a shot. We should, yeah. we should give it a shot. We should both give it a shot. Yeah. So. Um, I like them as a team. But going back to Little Mermaid, yeah, there was a lot to tell us about our ratings. Our ratings. Okay. Yes. Let me pull it up. I'm usually more prepared. It's all right. I went, went a little left. Sometimes we go left. And sometimes we bring it back, and that's okay. You know. So, sometimes you have to have it aside. It's all right. Right. <laughs> so, our rating system. Um, one movie reel is uh, trash AF. Two is it exists. Three, entertaining. Four, great. Five, a true classic. So, I, unfortunately, because I'm looking at it in adult eyes, um, I would probably give it a 3.5 overall. Ooh. Um, I mean, it was definitely entertaining. And it, I mean, it wasn't nothing where I was like, oh my God. So, but I do get why everybody loves this movie. <laughs> I do get it. But it was just, it was a couple of things where I was just like, mm. yeah. Yeah, when it came out, it did have like a 93%, well, it has 93% approval on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, uh, for me, of course, it's a five. Yeah. It's a classic. Now, yeah, why do you I consider mean, it a classic? 
So that's very high. Uh, well, when it came out, at least, you know, uh, what it did for Disney was incredible. Turned that whole company around. But what we got after that, right, is so much due to this one movie being so successful. Okay. Um, the music, it still sticks with you. It's still, like, it's still iconic. Like, you can play under the sea for literally anybody. Like, yeah. And it's going to work. Um, looking at it now, it still looks really good, yeah. uh, especially for 2D animation. Um, and especially, like, when you get some of the scenes that use, like, the lightning and the, the lighting they use, like, when Triton's using his Triton to, like, destroy the grotto and the lightning that you see on Ursula when she gets stabbed or whatever, like, and she gets so, it's, like, actually kind of scary when she gets that big, right? Mm -hmm. And she takes the ship down with her and all that stuff. Um, I, I think it's just a classic for sure. Like, yeah. I was really shocked you had never seen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah, that was that was not on the list of things. Yeah, I <laughs> mean, if you get the you get the sequel, you get the prequel. There's also a Broadway show, like mm -hmm. definitely cultural benchmark status. Yeah, yeah, I I can definitely. Yeah, and now I really understand why when I would say I've never seen it, people would be like, <gasps> you know, like go through, they go through the emotions. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> You're like, uh, uh, what? Like, okay. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, like I definitely get it. Um, I feel like you explained your point on why it's a classic very eloquently so I definitely understand um, why you would give it that rating yeah but <clears throat> yeah uh, but for me I mean yep. it was it was it was entertaining so, mm -hmm. it was yeah. entertaining yeah. yeah it was definitely entertaining so you definitely have to try to put yourself in the mind of like if you were a kid how would you yeah what would you think you know yeah yeah, yeah, you do have to suspend your um, your logic. Yeah, because these are definitely like kids' movies that were made for. I mean, they're they're supposed to be entertaining as well, but they are made more for children, mm -hmm. right? Because um, you brought up Shrek earlier, and Shrek was one of those uh, kids' films that were it was made for kids, but also adults could right. really enjoy it. And this was before that. This was before so that wasn't exactly. really yeah exactly. Um, yeah, because I didn't really start paying attention to how parents felt about being dragged to go see these movies until probably like around Shrek. Yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah. Um, or maybe a little bit before because adults enjoyed Toy Story. Yeah, that's true. Justin enjoyed Toy Story as well. Yeah. Yeah, but that when that came out, that like just was like an anomaly amongst yeah. the other stuff. So, um <clears throat> so yeah that is the little mermaid yeah well thank you all for joining us today and Lindsay, if people want to find you online where can they find you they can find me um on all social media at l underscore renelle that's l underscore r-a-n-e-l-l-e and also um my other podcast the issue talk where we talk about um, a variety of things. So. 
Anything that's on your mind. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty. It's pretty open. We can talk about sports. We can talk about politics, pop culture, all types of things, and we come from a different um, viewpoint, different mindset. It's me, my cousin, and um, my friend. So now it's three of us. So two two guys and a girl. So yeah. Two guys and a girl and many opinions. Yes. So you can find me online on Instagram and Twitter at Valar Modalish. Thank you on Twitter if you're watching on YouTube. But that's spelled V-A-L-A-R-M-O-R dollars. I'm also on a podcast called Nerdgasm Noir, where it's five black women talking about nerdy and geeky things. So you can find me over there, too. Cool. Um, and okay. <clears throat> where are we? What are we going to do next week? I don't know if I turn next week, but you gotta think of something. Okay. But we also, you know, leave some suggestions in the comments, leave us a five star review, and we might actually watch that movie as well. Uh, give us a thumbs up and be sure to share with your friends who probably might not have seen Little Mermaid or love Little Mermaid. Yes. They can get in on the discussion too. Yes. So, next week, um, I'm gonna give you a couple options and you pick which one. Okay. We can either do Belly, which to me is a cup classic, or another classic, Napoleon Dynamite. I've seen Napoleon Dynamite. Okay. I've seen it multiple times. So let's do Belly because I've never seen Belly. Oh. It's currently on Pluto TV for free. Yes. Um, is it? I thought it was on Tubi as well. Maybe they took it off. Yeah, they might have switched it out. Yeah. So, but you said Pluto. Mhm. Okay. So, next week we are doing Belly. So we hope to see you guys next week. Yes. Thanks for joining us, guys. All right. Bye. bye.